0: Good morning. Turning your copy of God's Word on your devices to Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be reading from verse 9 to verse uh, 15. Verse 9 through 15, we'll focus on verses 11 through 15 today. As you're turning there, this is the last of our series uh, as we uh, go into uh, becoming a praying people, and we focused here on the Lord's Prayer, and of course, Next week we'll have a, a different sermon from our candidate, and then after that we'll be going into the book of Jonah. So if you're praying and thinking ahead and like to read ahead, that's kind of where we're going. But as we've been challenged the last few weeks, that we've been really given this model for us that we might become a praying people. And we at Hebrew Baptist as pastors, we want to help you take your next step In your prayer life, whatever that is, just being more consistent, having a better plan or strategy, uh, teaching you how to pray in general. We want to help you in that, and we hope this challenge in this model of God's prayer, uh, the Lord's prayer that Jesus has taught, has given us some principles. First, to focus on God. And not on ourselves. To focus on him and his glory. To secondly pray big kingdom prayers. As we talked last week. Calling for God's kingdom to come. And his will to be done. And today we're going to look at how God has gifted us. This wonderful prayer life. That can be comprehensive over everything in our life. So let me encourage you that. We'll give you some resources at the end uh, as you leave uh, and also already in your email box this morning. So uh, we want to pray through this and ask what the Lord can teach you uh, through this today, teach us all today. Uh, let's read beginning of verse nine. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and this is what we'll focus on today give us today our daily bread and forgive forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and do not for- bring us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for if you forgive others their offenses your heavenly father will forgive you as well but if you don't forgive others your father will not forgive your offenses let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask as we continue to be enriched by this prayer that Jesus prayed to be a model for us, uh, may we desire, be passionate, and encouraged to pray in the days that is hard and the days that is difficult, may we see prayer as a gift to encounter you. And may we, as we read these words, be challenged to see and encouraged in our prayer life. In Jesus' name, amen. It's interesting, right now in my home, I have kind of three stages of children and their dependence on me as their father. Parker, who is nine months right now, uh, who is basically dependent on me for everything, in every way. To move around, well, he's moving pretty fast on all fours right now, uh, but, but for the most part, moving safely uh, around, uh, dressing himself, feeding himself, all these necessities, he looks at me as a father for everything he needs. And then there's Isabella Grace, who's three years old. She uh, has a little more independence, can do a lot of things, can even get a a few things, mainly her monkey yogurts is what she calls them, the little uh, fruit smoothie yogurts that she gets out of the refrigerator herself. She can, in some ways, care for herself and do things, but for the most part, still laying out clothes, getting things done. She has even uh, still a dependence on, on me as the father, but maybe not as much as she used to. Then, of course, we have Franklin, who is almost 11. Uh, some of you know him as Frankie J. Uh, Frankie J. Uh, knows uh, and, and is dependent in a different way a lot less. He can feed himself, clothe himself, do a lot of things to himself, but we have this discussion every day. He, he thinks he doesn't need dad for. Him. Many things, right? He doesn't need his advice, his wisdom, his correction, all these different things. He feels that he's gotten to the place that he doesn't need dear old dad as much. Now, we've all been there, right? We've all been where Frankie J has been and is at. But doesn't that remind us in our dependence in God? Isn't that the same stages that many of us go to through in our prayer life? That when we're saved, we want God for everything and we depend on him for everything. And we, we know that we need him every hour, right? We pray that way. And yet sometime we get into our Christian walk and it seems as though that maybe we don't need him as much. That maybe we don't need his guidance. Maybe we don't need him for everything. Maybe we don't need him in every way that we used to. But... Brothers and sisters, the Christian life is all about dependence in God, and especially in our prayer life. Prayer drives us to depend on God. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones observed, the only thing that really matters for us is that we know God as our Father. If we only knew God like this, our problems would be solved already, and we would realize our utter dependence on Him And go to him daily as children to their father. As Jesus has given us this model prayer, as we read through it, I don't know if you noticed, but I did as I read through it a couple of times this week, that the pronouns started to shift. Now, some of you don't have it, maybe studied your vocabulary in English for a long time. And I know that some of you kids are tired of studying about it. But the pronouns changed to you in the first couple of sentences, to our or us. Therefore, you should pray this way. Our Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. In verse 11, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts and do not bring us into temptation. Jesus Switched here, helping us to see that the first three is us focused on God and his character and his holy and his, and his glory. And yet the last three, rehearsing our dependence on God. The first three we understand of praying kingdom prayers, focusing on God and his glory. And now, starting in verse 11, these prayers of utter dependence on God in everything in our life. These prayers, starting in verse 11, are beautifully comprehensive, aren't they? As we look at them, they cover our physical need and material and daily bread, our spiritual need and forgiveness of sins, and our moral need of deliverance of evil. In looking at this, it is this. Jesus is saying, yes, we must depend on everything in God in prayer. But this is also a beautiful Trinitarian prayer. When we trust and saved by Christ, we are being saved by one true God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we depend on God in His creation and providence to provide His our bread and His Son's atoning death that we may be forgiven and the Holy Spirit indwelling to give us the power to be rescued from the evil one. As we pray this immense beautiful, comprehensive prayer. We are asking God that we might depend on him in everything. There's no reason, it's no wonder that even in the ancient manuscripts, even though that they're not the best or most reliable, end with the kingdom power and glory forever, amen, be God's, right? Because all of it is his. So as we... Think through our prayer life and the wonderful gift that God has given us in prayer. Let us remember this wonderful gift that we can come, come as dependent on God in prayer and everything. And so, as we look at this, these verses, I want us to see three ways in prayer that we are dependent on God. Three ways that we pray that we are dependent on God. Number one, we must depend on God. Through prayer for our physical needs. For our physical needs. Verse 11 says, give us today our daily bread. This is a, a prayer that Jesus says that we should pray for our physical material needs. It actually more is probably better to be read this way. Give us today our bread for the coming day. Now, that's interesting because it, it's kind of hard for us to understand in the Western culture, but in that day and age, it is understood that in the first century, the day's laborer or the worker would work knowing they were gaining the wage to buy food for what? The next day. They were dependent on their work and their physical needs to be to truly from hand to mouth, so to speak, to work to feed them and their families for the next day. And even though as they... Understood this, there is a prayer that Jesus is saying that we must be truly dependent on Him. And therefore, this symbol of bread, the need for bread, is a symbol for everything that gives the preservation of life, like food or healthy body or good weather or house or home or spouse or children or good government and peace. And ultimately, bread, the necessity of life, not the luxuries. Or in other words, that this prayer is for our needs and not our greeds. When Jesus tells us to pray, we are praying in such a way totally dependent on him to provide for us and acknowledging he is the source for all the things that provides for us. In no way is Jesus telling us is that we pray this way that, 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 uh, this would relinquish our responsibility to work for what we get. But on the other hand, it is for us to understand that even in what we, we work for and gain is because God gave us the skills. God gave us the opportunity. God gave us the provisions to provide for us. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, For who makes you so superior?" What do you have that you didn't receive? If in fact you did receive it, why do you boast as if you haven't received it? These words remind us that we are not to, to, to swell up with pride with the things that we get, but instead should actually drive us even more to pray. To thank, be thankful to God for what he has given us. To continue to give us the strength to each day to go to work. To even pray for the goodness of our workplace and, and our industry. That it would thrive so that it would continue to give us uh, a job or ways to provide for us. All these things are things that we often take for granted. And many times we pray in such a way thinking that, that, we, uh, that we are owed this. But brothers and sisters, we know that we have gone our own way and effectively shaking our puny fists at God, saying that we can take care of this. We've got it under control, but God in his justice does not owe us these things. But because he's a good father, and because he loves us, he provides for the things that we need. So is your prayers currently wrapped in your needs are you continually going to god thankful for the ways that he has provided for you to both work provide for yourself and provide for your family do you spend time talking about the things that you need both going to the father in love but also in if this encouragement knowing that our father in heaven is providing for us brothers and sisters this is a great gift that we can go to God and pray for our needs. Maybe each day you should say and pray, God, I depend on you for so many things, and I pray that you give me exactly all that I need. Number two, we must depend on God through prayer for forgiveness. Verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Sin is pictured here as a debt. Some people say, well, maybe debt means something else here. But it is clear that when Jesus prayed this, that he meant for us to pray for the forgiveness of our sins. Why? Because our sin is a debt to God that deserves to be punished or to be paid for. That our debt is to God himself. Because we've disobeyed. And that is why we are separated from him. Because of our sin. That's why we're distant from him. But because of this wonderful good news. That we have been, we have trusted Christ for his death, burial, and resurrection. That because we have been saved and been born again. That we have trusted him as Savior and Lord. All of that debt has been cast aside. Forgiveness than as indispensable in our lives as food for our bodies. Our prayers must contain confession and repentance because it reminds us, one, that we need to go to God for this wonderful grace and forgiveness, that it refreshes us anew, that he, that he died for us in our sins, but it also gives us the ability to confess any hindrance that we have kept in our lives and our hearts, that we can come to God dependent on him to forgive us, and knowing that when we do, we are met with someone who takes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Repentance is just as necessary for our salvation, turning from our sin and turning to God as it is for a believer Every day. We as Christians are, yes, saved by faith and repentance. But as Christians, we are always ongoing, repentant, and confessing our faith to God. Because as we grow as Christians, we become more aware of the sin in our lives. We become more quickly to when God reveals these things to us that we want to bring them to him in prayer and confession. So prayer is our time to bring these things to God, and the good news is, is that he will meet us there to forgive us. There's a great kids book that we bought in the last year, I don't remember because I think you all know, last year kind of mushed together somewhere uh, in time, but it's called Arlo and the Great Big Cover-Up. It's a story about a little boy named Arlo who is in his nap time, and and he... uh, It's not supposed to get off his bed during nap time, and yet he does, gets his markers off his his, uh, counter, and then instead, as he's drawing, decides, oh, it would be nice to draw a picture on the wall. He realizes that he had sinned against his parents twice. One, he shouldn't have never got off his bed, but two, now he's got something on his wall that he can't get off and so the story goes that he tries to cover it up. He tries to get all of his clothes, all of his toys, by dumping them on his bed and building a mountain of toys so that when his mom comes in, she can't see behind it and see what's going on. In essence, breaking the rule over and over again, getting off his bed, getting more toys, and doing it all over again, getting him more sin. And then it falls down. He knows he's in trouble. Mom comes in the room, and he hides. He hides. And the point of the story is his mom comes and meets with him and says, uh, helps him to see that it's not by covering up our sin that we get forgiveness and relief. It's by bringing it to the person who can grant forgiveness. For us, that is our lesson as Christians, right? That we can come to God who can grant forgiveness of our sins. That we can come to him and know that these answers, that these These sins can be answered with the all-encompassing grace and forgiveness and love of God. And therefore, we want to be in a place that we forgive and that we don't want to continue in that sin. John Stott observed that the sinner whose evil in the past has been forgiven longs to be delivered from its tyranny in the future. We want to pray that God would help us to forgive and be forgiven. And once our eyes have been opened to the enormity of our own sin, guess what it's much easier to do? Pray the next prayer. Help us to forgive the debts of others. You see, once we understand how great a grace has come to us and our sin, we find the sins that we've held against other people so much smaller it is there that we must, as God tells us, to forgive others in verse fourteen to fifteen it tells us that that you need to forgive your offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you, but if you don't your sins will not be forgiven Now, this does not give us a a measure of law or legality for us to be be saved instead though it is to 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 show what is ever more important that that a Saved heart and a, is a repentant heart and a forgiving heart. You see, we communicate our forgiveness as we forgive others. Tim Keller says that Jesus tightly links our relationship with God to our relationship with others. It works in two ways. If we have not seen our sin and sought radical forgiveness from God, we will be unable to forgive. And to seek the good of those who have wronged us. Therefore, when you pray, brothers and sisters, it is necessary to have a time of confession. And as you are confessing, God will lighten your heart. And then maybe it's time to turn to the prayers that you begin to forgive others. That you say, God, help me to forgive so and so because I know my sins are far worse than theirs. God, help me to forgive this family member or this friend or this person that I'm holding this against because you've already forgiven me as far as the east is from the west. Therefore, I should forgive them. Therefore, it is praying for our forgiveness that naturally leads us to pray to forgive others, which frees our heart from the danger of bitterness and brings reconciliation and love. Brothers and sisters, we have this gift to come to God for forgiveness, which helps us to lighten our yoke as we forgive others. And number three, we must depend on God in prayer for deliverance from evil, for deliverance from evil. Here at the end, it says, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us. From the evil one. What is Jesus asking us to do here? Lead us not into temptation. And this is interesting because it has begs a couple of questions. Well, is God tempting us to sin? No, God does not tempt us, nor is he evil, nor does he want us to sin. Actually, this word tempting better is understood as testing. How that we lead us into temptation or to testing in a way that keeps us from the evil one James 1 13 through 14 says no one who is undergoing a trial should say I am being tempted by God since God is not tempted by evil and he himself doesn't tempt anyone but each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire the way that Jesus phrases this is he's using a, a, a an kind of an old way of speaking to use the negation of one way to lead us into the positive the other way. Lead us, what's the negation? Lead us not into what? Temptation. What is he really saying to us? He's actually saying, God, deliver us into righteousness. Help us to choose right living. Help us to live in a way that is pleasing and good And in the way that respects, honors, and brings you glory. Help us not to be in this time of testing, in that time that I feel my desires are evil. When I know that I am anxious, when I know that things are pushing down on me. God, help me to choose what is right and what is good. And what is the fruits of the Spirit and not of the fruits of my flesh. As we pray these things, we are asking God to help us to to be delivered. Perhaps we could paraphrase this whole request. Do not allow us to be led into temptation that it overwhelms us, but rescue us from the evil one. See, behind these words, we understand that Jesus is saying, be careful because the evil one that we know wants to kill, steal, and destroy is prowling around and you know that he is dangerous and you know he can overtake you. You need to be praying, you need to be prepared, you need to be watching because on your own, you will be devoured. But if you pray, you are plugged into the power of the Heavenly Father who can and will deliver us from the evil one. When we are tempted, as the Bible says, God always gives us a way of escape, and that comes through a Holy Spirit who helps us to do what is not our feelings, not as what we want to do, but what we know, what God's Word says. And how God wants us to live. When we come to that fork in the road. Proverbial fork in the road. When we have to choose our feelings and sin. Or obedience and faith. We need to be praying this prayer. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. D.A. Carson observed. This petition is a hefty reminder that. Just as we ought consciously to depend on God for physical sustenance, so also ought we sense our dependence on him for moral triumph and spiritual victory. Indeed, to fail in this regard is already to have fallen, for it is part that ugly effort at independence which refuses to recognize our position as creatures before God. As Christians grow in holy living, they sense their own inherent moral weaknesses and rejoice that whatever virtue they possess flourishes as the fruit of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, we need to be praying for God to help deliver us from evil. Maybe it's taking the fruit of the Spirit and going through it and saying, God, help me to be more joyful today. God, help me to be more at peace today. Help me to be more kind. Help me me to be shown more love. Help me to show more self-control. Go through the fruits of the Spirit and say, God, help me when temptation and testing comes that this fruit is what bears itself by your help through the Holy Spirit. Therefore, our prayer is that we are pursuing holiness and righteousness. And when we are tempted, we are living victoriously through the Spirit, that when we come to that cross of the roads, we are choosing what God has given and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, pray today. Pray every day that God would reveal the things in your heart that, that maybe is even unknowing to you, that you might be falling into sin, that you might be prideful about, that you might be failing at. Help, ask God to help you see this and ask him to come to you to give you victory. That's the good news, brothers and sisters. That the good news of this prayer is that it is already answered. That there's already victory, there's already power, there's already provision. How many times do we fail because we do not ask? When we look at these three prayers, we pray and we're ex- excited in such a way that we see that prayer is a life of prayer victorious, a life that is empowered to pray this way, one that is free from the anxieties and being concerned that our needs being met. Our prayers help us to see the burdens of our past sins have been forgiven and that one, that our lives are empowered by the Spirit to live holy lives. So do you pray this way? Let's make sure that our prayers are marked Praying for God to help us, help us to forgive others, help us to f- flee from sin, help us to understand that our, our anxieties are not, uh, we are not grounded in truth or reality because we know that our God is taking care of us. And let us pray in a way that we are powered by the Spirit. You might say today, well, these are wonderful prayers and these are filling prayers. These are victorious prayers. How do we know that we can pray this way? Well, brothers and sisters, because we know, we have a great high priest who is praying for us. We know because we have had a Savior who has died for us. As Tim Keller says, we know God will answer our prayer when we call Because one terrible day, he did not answer Jesus when he called. Jesus' prayers were given the rejection that we sinners merit so that our prayers could have the reception he merits. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, he paid and took our sins so that we who take faith and are born again in him know that we have a heavenly Father we can boldly go to in prayer. So today, I want you to commit to daily prayer, encouraging your prayer life. Maybe, maybe you're, you're going from zero to 60, so maybe you're saying, I need to take baby steps. We want you to do whatever it takes for you to take a vibrant prayer life. We want to help you Take those next steps. And so, as a power of a praying people, we want to encourage you and challenge you to pray in three ways. Three ways. One, there is a prayer guide that you will have at the end of the service for our 40 days of prayer. Uh, this will help us pray together as a church for 40 days until June 6th, when we as a church will go out to the 41048 area code to take the gospel to every home and in our our neighborhoods. These 40 days of prayer are vital and important. And today as you leave, you will get a booklet that you can use for prayer. If you're at home, uh, you will get one. You can come by and get one. If you're downstairs in the fellowship hall, they're in the back of the room and you'll be able to get those there. We encourage you to pray, pray, pray for God to move, for God to save, to God to give us opportunities to meet people in their need and their lostness. So we encourage you in the 40 days of prayer. But also we have produced two different prayer guides to help you. One is the Acts prayer guide It it forms uh, kind of follows the method of the Lord's Prayer, and it stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. In that way, you can pray as much of a sentence or a paragraph or whatever that you organize your prayer needs or prayer requests for each day. We have, uh, have those available today in the back, and you can fill those out and use that every day for your guide. Also, we have emailed that out if you used, want to use that in an electronic way to fill out every day and uh, organize your prayers. And then also, to help with our supplication or our request section, we have created a kingdom prayer guide, a kingdom prayer guide, that you pray big prayers for one another for our church and for our community for God to do great big things in our life and those are available today as well as well we want to equip you and if you need even more help with those tools we are available and want to help you but as we have heard and seen God's word we need to pray and pray diligently and regularly, and bring all requests to him. So I pray that, that today, that these last few weeks have become an encouragement, and that God puts in each one of us the desire to be a praying people. And may people in our community, in our workplaces, in our, in our families say, boy, I know, I just met a member of Hebrew Baptist Church because they surely are praying for me. May we be that kind of people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for these these reminders that the Lord Jesus has given us to pray. And I pray God that these type of prayers they overwhelm and show in our in our prayer life that we are confessing our sins, that we are that we are coming for our needs, that we are that we are coming to show forgiveness for others, that in everything you have taught us belongs to you. So Lord, today I pray that you would help us to be kingdom prayers. And I pray, Lord, that if there's someone here that doesn't know if God's listening to them or or whether to know that they can trust prayer, I first pray, God, that you would help them to see that Jesus has died for them, that Jesus has rose again, and that in faith in him alone, that they can be changed, and they can know that their prayers are answered because his prayers are answered. And Lord, I pray that we would grow in our faith, that we would grow in our prayer, and that we'd grow in our Christ-likeness towards you. In Jesus' name, amen.